Welcome to Leanne's Unbelievable Adventures. It's great to speak to you guys again. This is a bonus episode with two reviews. One um, from The Secrets of Dumbledore and the other is of Upload Season 2. This is from Spring 2022. So I'm kicking off Lost Files for you guys. Hope you enjoy. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to Leanne's Unbelievable Adventures. And it's just great to be back. So there's so much to talk about. Let's get into it. Upload season two. Um, I'm going to be so honest. Something about the the quirkiness of season one is kind of lost on me in season two. Like I liked everything from like the framed pictures of Kamala Harris and Oprah as the president and vice president. You know, um, when Nathan sat down with dinner for dinner at um his home with his family, I liked the uh, trips to the convenience store, and there were no humans. Like I liked all those little quirky tidbits, and I think the second season is lacking in that because everything was new, and we were like discovering the world that he was living in, the the self driving cars, just all of it. I think this season because we've changed over, our setting has changed completely. So. Yeah, Nathan is still like in the afterlife, um, but for at least some of the season. But then you have, in addition to that, you have um, this whole outside world that's happening um, for Nora. And Nora is experiencing this off the grid life that's so very different than everything we've seen so far. So it's not like the world that Nathan and Nora are actually from, where they're all connected and technology is running everything. And it's not like the afterlife that Nathan has been, I guess you can say, enjoying. So I think um, that was supposed to be like the new um, setting that just was supposed to feel like, I don't know, just brand new to us, but there's nothing distinctive and cool about it. So um, because we didn't have that new distinctive cool thing happening, I just didn't feel like I had as much of an interest. Like it took me uh, multiple sittings to complete the entire season. Let's start there. Secondly, I'm just going to be so frank, like something about the fact that Nora was upset with Nathan and 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 absolutely goes and involves herself with somebody else. And then somebody else is like, clearly not the pick. Like, oh, geez. It just seems like um, that that like same old narrative that a female is like brought into a situation because of her affection towards a person, not necessarily her affection towards the lifestyle. So in this case, she's going off the grid with her dad, you know. But really, the pull is not the dad. The pull is this young man that she ends up you know, I guess being interested in, um, or in a relationship with And Meanwhile, Nathan and Ingrid are cracking me up. I thought the idea that they were going to, um, make, have whatever a baby fictionally or in, in, in reality just blew my friggin' mind. Um, and of course, like I'll try my best not to do any spoilers, but the ending I liked, definitely a cliffhanger definitely will get me to come back to see a season three but I'm trying to tell you like there was nothing very interesting about Nora's experience off the grid it just wasn't I I felt like it was kind of um like a stretch and 
Ingrid, like we grow to hate her even more because at the end of season one, we kind of felt like, all right, you know, conflicted about her still because at least she cared about Nathan. And in this season, you feel like, yeah, she cares, but she's twisted, though. And like, how far is that going to go? We're like waiting for the, you know, the other shoe to drop when she's communicating with Nathan and it finally drops and you're happy about that. But then you see that this this, this whole like deceptive circle just keeps going. Um, and it's so important for her to be like his pick. And so I think that's interesting. Um, I did think it was really cool that some of the other characters have moved up in the world or have changed. So I know, um, for example, like I absolutely love the idea that Nathan has a best friend who is completely dead and completely crazy and in love with that old lady that's um Ingrid's like aunt or something. But um she's a secondary character, but she's a relative of Ingrid. But the fact that she's she's basically manipulated everything his best friend does is pretty cool. Um I also really like the way they handle the um entire piece about essentially you know the the possibility of being able to to go from um the afterlife back to regular life so i think that that's really cool and i like the fact that in addition to like okay yes nora is off the grid and she comes back on the grid and she's in and out and you know she's communicating or not communicating with folks in the afterlife she's like walked away from her best friend even like all of that stuff is pretty interesting but i think what's cool too is that our best friend from her same employment like she is doing freaking amazing okay and um that character is played by Zainab Johnson and I am butchering her name most likely but I really like her <laughs> anyway um she is killing it because she's been promoted and you you and I both know that she and I would mm, I want to say she has an affection towards her clients okay who she's an angel for and she's trying to like you know work double time overtime whatever to take up for Nora not being there but I think it's really cool that she's moved up in the world but I feel like she's more of a primary character this season than she was in the first season so that's really cool um I think also um the idea that the the Dorn oh my gosh the Dorn folk that come in and out of Ingrid's life like at the table you know because she's trying to be upper crust and all this kind of stuff with these upper crust people I'm looking around like what in the absolute heck i mean was she like that in real life like it's another reason i hate her i'm just gonna be honest it's another reason i hate her because who hangs out with like these random people that you're not even into just to make a point i don't know but anyway um zainab johnson who is playing alicia what i like about alicia is that she's moving up in the world what i like about luke oh my gosh is that this season you start to see more of his affection towards alicia like he doesn't even care that he's freaking his dreams are being manipulated he knows it but he feels like he can trust the situation because she's behind the scenes and i think that that's really like sweet in its own way and i think the absolute funniest thing of the whole season is the ai guy okay ai guy played by owen daniel daniels he cracks me up because he is everywhere and everything 
all the time, but I did it in real life. Like he was modeled after a real human. And then that person is going to help break the system blows my mind. And I really think the AI guy is absolutely in love with Ingrid. And I think Ingrid has an affection towards him too. So I, I would love to see what they'll do with that in season three, because, you know, Ingrid cares about the way things look. So it's rather all interesting but yeah so upload upload season two if i had to give it a rating i'm going to be honest i would give it a three out of five just because the first season was so good and it was a five out of five um this time the pace seemed off to me um the the drama of it all that like the relationship stuff i think it took too much time i think nora's little um her fling wasn't like interesting um i also feel like the big like the very biggest part of this season that was the most interesting we kind of only got a glimpse of and I feel like we were waiting the whole season to see it so it was kind of disappointing in that regard but I am just like I said super happy to see um Alicia gets the promotion AI guy has actually he's like actually a doppelganger I guess um he's just a, a a pretend or imaginary doppelganger and that's pretty cool and interesting too but it's not enough to keep me sitting there from start to finish just watching the whole season. Because that's what I did for season one. I literally enjoyed the whole series in one sitting. So, yeah, three out of five for me. I hope that in season three there's so much to explore. I still want to look further into the mystery of it all. Who is trying to destroy Nathan's life legacy and his research? And then also, you know, why is it so essential that why is it so essential to get rid of it? Like, it's one thing to destroy it, but like, what? By, to what extent does Ingrid know and his her family, the, the extent of the involvement, like all of that? Um, it's just, it's going to be interesting to find out little things in the future. And I think poor, poor Nora. She's just stuck. She's just stuck being lost like she doesn't know what she wants to do she wants her dad to be happy she wants nathan to be happy um you know we all know what she ended up doing at the end of the season hopefully you got a chance to finish season two um and the choices that she's making but here we go secrecy secrecy again could potentially cost lives in this situation so we'll see what happens but nora just seems like a lost puppy to me she like never knows what to do and nathan is like Governed by circumstance. It's not that he's not capable. He's just absolutely governed by circumstance. Because the whole Ingrid thing took me for a loop. I never thought he would get back with Ingrid, but he did. He did. And even though he took... <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, but in season one, like he was in like the most basic afterlife ever, living miserably, and then like yanked out of there. And I thought to myself, like if he was willing to go to that horrible afterlife, then... He would be willing not to get back with Ingrid, but he really believed that Ingrid was for him and was looking out for him and that Nora had left, you know, so power communication, bro. With just a little bit too much time with the romantic drama, not enough time with the uh, sci-fi and attack and the futuristic items that I could be checking out. Like something about that wasn't as, as, as luxurious as last time, like or appealing so yep that's my take on upload season two the secrets of dumbledore oh my gosh let me tell you guys big breath saw it open it weekend loved every minute of it i dismiss every single hater against anything in the potter world 
Potter universe. What's wrong with you? There's only amazingness here. So I think the big letdown for people was one, Johnny Depp. The idea that Johnny Depp was not going to be playing. Um, Grindelwald was an issue for people. I understand that. However, I think that Grindelwald was well played. And I think that um, the complexity of the relationships and all of that really like were clear and full in this movie. I'll tell you something. I have not seen a movie in a while that has kept me on the edge of my seat from start to finish. But this movie did. Um, And I know it's still part of the Fantastic Beasts. um, You know, essentially a series or Fantastic Beasts spinoffs. But the, the point is, wow, we're getting some insight. So it's interesting to learn about Dumbledore's brother. Um, it's interesting to learn about his nephew. Um, and I, I really like the, the idea that we're still with Newt. We're still with um, a team of folk that has literally saved the world more than once and is walking around with friggin' beasts in a suitcase. And it just amazes me. Even Newt's assistant is pretty darn amazing. Um, I also find that his, his brother is is uh, a nice a nice quirky addition to the primary characters in this in this movie. And I also I like the idea of different kinds of wizards and non wizards at this point. <laughs> wizards and non wizards like working together, but you can't always predict who's gonna be the one that betrays you. Like we didn't know, um, and you just better have watched all the Fantastic Beasts. We didn't know about Queenie. Queenie was amazing, quirky, she was a beam of light. It was the work of a master storyteller to flip her to flip her and show that just as good as she just as good as she could be she could be just as evil and i think that's the part that's the interesting part the idea that dumbledore was once thinking on the um thinking on the the, the scale that you know i can be on the same side as Grindelwald and work that side just because of my affection towards him, but not necessarily my belief system. And to be clear enough to recognize like, okay, even though that's what I thought, um, that I could kind of compromise my own belief system and values to be there for him, I can't. I also really like the idea, I, I, I mean, we've seen it before, um, when there, when we have all kinds of ways to bind people magically, but I think in this case, the idea that they, that both Grindelwald and Dumbledore were um, absolutely um, bound to not harm each other, um, so I thought that was really cool. There are enough fight scenes to make you happy. There are enough quirky scenes to make you laugh. There are enough. There's enough mystery and suspense to have you looking for the next one. I think this was very well done. I'm glad I saw it in the theater. I would absolutely recommend do not wait until you can see it at home because you're going to want to hear the sound. The sound is really good um, for this movie, and I don't want you to miss out on that experience, especially during fighting or flying or anything in nature. Any movie where there's a bunch of flight and there's a bunch of you know combat, you really want to hear the sound. In spaces where you think to yourself, like, what did they just say? Yeah. 
you don't want that experience, especially for the first time of watching this movie. I really think you should make it to the movie theaters if you can. I'm sure it'll be in theaters for a while. And I know they're saying that this is the lowest grossing um, Potter World movie that they've had in theaters internationally. However, um, it likely will stay in theaters for a while. So if you can get to the theater to see it, I would suggest wholeheartedly to go see it. And I was in awe of how beautiful this freaking movie was. Let's just talk about outfits the fits on these characters my god there are some new characters that i think you're gonna really love um and again like let me tell you there's always going to be things you don't like about stuff you know whatever but in my opinion just in my opinion there is nothing not to like there's nothing not to like i mean um grindelwald in my opinion, is a master manipulator. That is fully revealed in this movie. I think before we knew he was evil, we knew he was great at magic, but we did not recognize him as a master manipulator. We definitely see that. Queenie is like a redemption story. You're going to love that. And of course, you already know Jacob. My God, Jacob is hilarious. He doesn't even have to do anything. He just be in a room and we're already giggling. Something about Jacob is awesome. Um, I really also enjoy... And it's hard because, how do I say this? It's not like a, it's not like a, like enjoy as in like he's comedic, but credence. I really, I really, really liked watching his journey. The idea of recognizing that there's something different about him, um, all the maltreatment that he got. Um, trying to channel that energy and and control those things, being kind of steered steered the wrong direction, and then trying to reflect and make his own decisions about what was going on, and then to find out that he had been actively asking questions for quite a while and learning more and more about himself and his family, even on his own. Um, that whole story arc is really cool to see play out in this movie. So I really appreciate Credence. And then we have a new character that I absolutely love. I love her outfits. I love her um, her pleasant demeanor. And I, I love the fact that she's so freaking smart um, and such a great fighter. Lolly, okay? So, well, they call her Lolly. Um, but she's actually a professor, as well in charms so I, it's really really cool to look at her um and and last name is hicks so i really enjoy her and um like i said the fact that she's so smart and she's such a good fighter and then we also have of course theseus which you know is my boy newt's brother okay and in this movie he's not such a jerk but he what i'm learning is that he wants anything that likes newt let's just be honest Anything that likes Newt, he is into. He also likes Chocolate Girls. Let's just say it. Okay. So there's that. Um, I like that Newt's assistant has like a more dominant role this time. But I always feel like she has such a good role. She really does. Because I think we're sleeping on her. I think Bunny really has like a bigger place in everything than it was before. And to learn more about Dumbledore's brother... Albert Forth is just like a pleasure because we've always wondered about him. There's always been little tidbits about him. And we've always had this feeling that he knows more than any of us could ever know about um Dumbledore. So Albus. So we're we're always happy to see that. And then of course you guys remember from the last movie, Yusuf. 
comma, right? And he's the French African wizard. And I think what's cool about him is that we all look at him and kind of like, is he like going to be the great betrayer? And I think this movie does a really good job of playing on that, like whether or not he's going to be the one. Is he going to be the one that turns on us? Because here's the facts. We know that we didn't expect Queenie to do what she did. We did not expect that to happen. And clearly, Grindelwald didn't expect Dumbledore to do what he did. I think it's really cool, the whole idea of playing with, can I see the future completely? Can I use this to see the future? Evil man, even, evil methods to see the future. And whether or not the future is actually as concrete as we think it is, playing on all of that is pretty interesting. I also like the idea of the um the siblings thing. Even with, um, I'll try not to go into too much, but... Even with Alberforth and Albus, the dynamic of siblings, that's interesting. Then when you look at the dynamic of, here we are, we have, um, I don't want to say Grindelwald because Grindelwald really doesn't have a sibling dynamic, but we have a family dynamic with Credence and Alberforth. And then we also have the family dynamic of Theseus and Newt. We have the family dynamic of the assistant Bunty with Newt, even though they're not technically family, you still got that feeling. And then with Queenie and um, her significant other, we know that it's the same kind of feeling, like the same kind of feeling of family, you know, because you know when you see Jacob that it's family <laughs> and you know that he's terribly devastated about losing Queenie and that if they could come together, they would be family. And so you guys will see when you watch the movie that there's definitely a family element to all of this. But I think also in the midst of that, Grindelwald is alone. He doesn't have the family dynamic. His family would have been Albus. Um, But yeah, life happens. But then here we go. Yusuf. Remember they played on the family dynamic with that in the last movie. So coming back to see like, you know, Grindelwald manipulates again the family. Anytime he sees a family dynamic, he manipulates it. I'm going to just say that. Anytime he sees a connection, he's trying to tear it down. Even when it comes to divine animals that I will not say anything about because you got to watch the movie. But the point is he's playing on connection between people. And I also like the fact that um, the end of the movie, the way they left it was so clean and beautiful. Everything in this movie is aesthetically pleasing. Everything about the sound is awesome. All the fashion is, my God. Just look at the shoulder lines. Look at the tailors, the tailored suits. Check out the shoes. Look at the classic hairdos. Look at the way that they even did the neighborhoods and the scenery, the setting. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's the way we felt about Legends of Korra in the first season. If you guys are geeks like me, you, you watch all kinds of stuff. But Legends of Korra in the first season, when she goes in to see where she believes, you know, she's going to find all these elements that are going to make her the perfect avatar for the future, right? And she goes in to the city. All of us are sitting at home like, you know, Republic City is freaking beautiful. Like, you know, and no matter what, where she was, it's gorgeous because it's old, but it's new. That whole aesthetic. And I, I guess, you know, I guess it still falls into like that steampop, steampunk. But I'm not really sure. 
honestly, because it's like fine lines, but that same kind of feeling that you got going into Republic City for Legends of Korra that first season is the feeling I get every time I watch anything from Fantastic Beasts, because that same feel is there. This idea that they have infinite ability and they have this access to technology, but they're absolutely in the past is awesome. I like that. I have a thing for that altogether. I think that's the thing that the the movie that changed the way. Wow, can I say that? The feeling that changed the way, the the movie that changed the way I felt about that aesthetic of movie genre and settings. I guess you would say, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was one of the first movies that I watched that I thought to myself, "My God." I need more movies like this. I need more stories like this. I need more books like this. And I got it. Very happy to get it. And you can see the influence in stuff like The Badlands. You can see the influence in stuff like Fantastic Beasts. You can see the influence in... I mean, it's just a beautiful aesthetic for a setting. So I hope you guys absolutely enjoyed the movie. You guys let me know. I would give it a 5 out of 5. If I could give it a 6 out of 5, I would too. I know people are upset because, you know, like I said... Johnny's not there as Grindelwald. Oh, well, get over it. Um, I also feel like, and meanwhile, by the way, guys, I'm an absolute 150% fan of Johnny. And I would have loved to see him in a part. But I don't think that we lost the integrity of the character itself. Um, in my goodness, they couldn't have picked a, mo- a better young Dumbledore, guys. They could not have picked. Jude Law is such an amazing actor. But in this, like, even the way he held his legs was exactly the same way that we've seen Dumbledore hand hold, hold his legs when he's sitting in his study. You know, um, something about that, you know, the beard and the, the quietness of it all and the the um, ability to see the historic value of what's happening, um, even in the midst of a lighthearted situation, being around as an observer but not a participant being heartbroken but not lost and being honored you know as um being a a soul worthy to bow to man you guys will see if you haven't seen the movie go see it it's really good um the next thing that i probably will talk to you guys about a reference to harry potter hopefully will be the exhibit that is at the franklin institute in philadelphia until june so hopefully i'll be going to visit that and i'll come back with like information and then on instagram i'll post some things that i've seen or take some pictures and videos so you guys can see what that was like i know um also in philadelphia on the east coast they um had a you guys know the the um the comic-con the name changed so it's no longer wizard um but fandom it came to philly I didn't make it. I did not go. Didn't feel well. But if anybody has any cool ideas or cool things that came from going, be sure to DM me on Instagram at Leanne's Unbelievable Adventures. And I'll be talking to you guys soon. I'm telling you, if you have not already, go see The Secrets of Dumbledore. It is still a fantastic beast tale. You're going to love it.